Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, welcome to a new episode and a new week of the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Of course, RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It's super easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. And visit Rocky Mountain ATVMC YouTube channel. And check out the top five video series that I've been doing with them. It's very interesting. There's a lot of different types of videos. And hopefully you guys are watching it. And if not, go check them out. Google it. Do it. And of course, shop there. Get your gear. OEM dirt bike parts, tires, tubes, anything you want. Helmets, goggles, oils. Go check them out. RockyMountainATVMC.com. Thank you, guys. Fly Racing and FlyRacing.com. Today, of course, you guys already know what I'm going to say. I'm probably a light hydrogen guy year-round. I wore that today, the orange and blue set, to go with this badass KTM 450SXF that I rode. But hey, they have more than just gear. Go check out FlyRacing.com. Go check out the new Formula Helmet. I'll be doing a living with the Formula Helmet in the next couple months, so you guys want to check that out, and go to keyfringtesting.com and read all about fly racing gear, or go to pulpmx.com and read what, what I have to say about the new light hydrogen set of gear that I just typed about and gave to Steve. So go check them out. You know what time it is? It's, it's new bike season time, but also it's time to get your suspension, oil, valving, bushing, seals changed. Go check them out. Race Tech. Racetech.com. Paul Thied is a wizard. He is one of the nicest guys in our industry. And not only is he nice, but he is very savvy when it comes to dirt bikes. Not even dirt bikes. Very savvy when it comes to electric bikes, uh, street bikes, all different kinds of things. Racetech started so long ago. I remember running Racetech stuff when I was on 80s. My dad took his ATK 506 there. Can you imagine that? A 506. This was before where the rear disc was on the right side of the engine. This was drum brake, rear uh, rear drum brake life. But he took it to Race Tech. Back then, it was WP stuff on the ATK. So they've been around a bit. I just recently used them on a project that will be up on the site soon. But hey, trust me, it works. I like the stuff. They take care of their customers. If you guys... Want to get in contact with someone over at Racetech? Hit me up, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I will get you guys in touch and hopefully get, get you guys a good deal. So, thank you for joining me once again. Busy week this week. This episode is all about the 2019.5. 
KTM 450SXF Factory Edition. That's a lot of words. You know what? KTM started this revolution of factory editions, works editions, rockstar editions, coming out with this mid-year line of a bike to kind of give us a little insight of what 2020 is going to be like. And this unit is no different. So today we were out, and this is more just like a first impression, guys. I'm going to obviously do my standard issue living with, uh, put more time on it. But today we're at Paula Raceway. Actually, I shouldn't say Paula anymore. It's actually Fox Raceway. Excuse me, Fox. Fox Raceway, a.k.a. known as Paula Raceway in lovely Paula, California. And I got a chance to ride and put a few hours on this bike and just to see what was different. I spent a lot of time on this KTM 450SXF, just the, the standard 2019 version. Actually, I spent about 25 hours on it in the past three and a half weeks. So really got familiar with just the stock bike, no ignition, just stock air fork, stock ignition, and just ran it and rode it, beat it to the ground. So check out that story up on the site now. But now I had a chance to get on this factory edition. It's February. I can't believe we're already talking about 2020 models. Just seems like it keeps getting sooner and sooner. I was at the track today talking to Casey Lytle. Most of you guys know Casey as a badass supercross racer in the day, but now he is the man behind the whole R&D department here in North America. He is a very smart guy, very humble guy, um, soft-spoken, but very knowledgeable when it comes to KTM stuff. And we were talking a little bit, and it looks like the 2020 bikes are already coming out early May, late April. So KTMs are always the first to the game when it comes to new bikes. Also, KTM has come a long way since, and I'm going to say it, they weren't very good back in the day. And I don't think Tom Moen uh, was very happy with all of us media outlets because the bike just, you know, for lack of a better word, just got shit on all the time by us. And it just wasn't a very good bike. Fast forward now to 2000, shoot, even 2016, 17, 18, 19. The bike is really good, and the bike has come a long way. It's light. Um, it's now using the best air fork on the market, WP, AER. Um, that's, actually, I'll take that bet. It is called Exact. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But a lot of new and exciting things coming down the pipe for KTM. But this factory edition, okay, so... It'll be available to you guys late February, early March. So you guys should see it within a month. I know some of you guys emailed me and already put a deposit down and wanting to know when that sucker will be available. So give yourself about three to four more weeks, and they should see um, they should show up in the dealership. So um, yeah, so be on the lookout for them. So what has changed on the 2019.5 450 Factory Edition? I want to name some cosmetic stuff, okay? Some of it is cos cosmetic, but there is a couple things that I felt on the track today that does make a difference compared to the 2019. All right, we're going to start off with the clamp. So KTM has a new hard part clamp. This is what's on the factory edition. What's cool about this clamp, also, it um, it it tightens from opposite ends, okay? So 
kind of like the X-Trig. I know they probably don't want me to, to talk about like that, but it is kind of like the X-Trig clamp. Um, the clamping surface is spread across the fork, around the fork, and more evenly so it doesn't bind one side of the fork um, when you do um, torque it down. So that is a benefit for comfort, for um, straight line stability, because some of you guys just crank down on your triple clamp bolts. That's not how you do it, okay? Use the manual. Torque specs are important. So this hard part clamp is also has, a, has an offset of 22 and or 20. You can drop this triple clamp out and you can adjust it how you want it, either 22 millimeter offset or a 20 offset. I will get into that when we talk about the review a little bit. Um, orange frame, of course. They have power part wheels. And they use DID Dirt Star rims. They have a front floating rotor. So it's not a solid mounting uh, disc. It's a, they call it a semi-floating, but basically it's a floating disc. Uh, a Kropovich, that's how you say it. A Kropovich slip-on muffler. And in the fork, in the WP Exact forks, okay? Yes, it's still an air fork. But they have a new piston inside of that fork for a tighter tolerance. And we're going to talk about the, the new settings as well. So um, look for that. Rear shock rebound adjuster is different. That's updated. That's new. Um, the top caps are different. The bleeders are different. There's actually O-rings on the fork. May not seem like a lot. But for those of you that take your suspension into aftermarket companies, a.k.a. Racetech, they will put an O-ring on your fork leg to see how much travel you are using. It's very beneficial to you guys out there. Well, now that comes stock on the KTM. It comes stock on both sides. Don't ask me why they have it on both sides. It's kind of overkill, but nonetheless, it's there. And in the engine, of course, the pankle rod, which is a benefit, but the brass bushing inside of there is different. So less friction, and the rocker arms have a different coating and are a little bit, um, I wouldn't say different, but they do have a different type of coating to make it less, I want to say less heavy, so less friction. And we're going to talk about engine braking in, in this podcast as well. But that is for you guys out there, when you're off the gas and you're coming into a corner, all that weight loading on the front end, they're doing stuff inside this engine on this factory edition to lessen the friction so you have more of a free feeling, aka two-stroke-ish for you two-stroke lovers out there. So... Those are the things that are different on the 2019.5 KTM. Of course, like I said, they have Red Bull graphics. It still comes with a neck and bar, ODI lock-on grips. It does come with Marvin Muscan's number. They obviously put number 120 on there. Would I run Marvin Muscan's number because you guys give me shit on the number one at times? No. I wouldn't put 25 on there. I would just leave number one on there. That's right. Number one. <laughs> But honestly, when you guys go to the dealerships, they don't put that on for you. That's in the box when you take it home. You don't have to put it on there. But hey, if your number's 25, you're in luck. You have some free preprints in there to use. So that's cool. Um, a Sella Della Valle seat cover that will chafe your ass. Okay? It's grippy. That son of a bitch is grippy. It works. But stand by. Because if you ride all day, woo-wee! That's going to... Take the butt hair right off your butt, trust me. So 
You will be sticking through the corners, but just manage your monkey butt throughout the day. A little tidbit to add to that. What get what gets rid of monkey butt? Bag balm. Yes, bag balm. That's what I use on long test days. I spackle my butt with bag balm. Yes, they use it on cow udders, but it works for our butts as well for chafing and monkey butt. So there you go. So those are the things that are different on the 2019.5. Hey, is it worth it? Should you be getting one? Well, like I said, I've only had about two hours on this thing. I've been riding a KTM Orange Brigade for the past couple months, on and off with the Husqvarna Rockstar Edition. So I've got a great feeling of this bike. We mentioned this in, uh, in my article in the 50-hour mark here. Uh, last year they went with, I say last year, but 2019 they updated the frame. It's 10% stiffer. And for me, what I like about that, yes, there's two things. There's a good and a bad side of this. So the bad side is when you break in this KTM, a new KTM or a 2019 or this 2019.5 version, it's going to feel real stiff. And unlike a Japanese bike where they break in three to four hours and they feel pretty good, this KTM is going to take you a little bit longer to feel like, I want to say you're like you're, right, like you're not riding on top of it. And what, what do I mean by that? Look at a Japanese bike. When you break it in three to four hours, I feel like I'm in the stroke, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the bike, and it settles. This bike, this KTM 2019.5 bike, it's a little bit stiffer feeling. It's a little bit has a little bit of deflection in it because the fork, the shock, and the chassis, it takes added time for whatever reason. And I, I need to really dissect this and ask Casey about this, but it honestly takes six to eight hours for this thing to feel good versus three to four hours. So it takes twice as much to break this sucker in. I'm only up to, I think, three hours on this thing. I think I put a little over two hours on it today. And... I started noticing it was getting better later in the day when the track was getting rougher. So it's going to take a little bit of time to really feel the suspension differences and the chassis differences. But the plus side to this, guys, um, like I was mentioning, is when you get high up in your hours, okay, and you have this thing for a year, year and a half, it doesn't feel as clapped out as the older KTMs do pre-2018, okay? I have ridden a 58-hour KTM 450, one of my buddies, and it felt like a 160-hour Yamaha. It felt like it was stretched and clapped and blown out. But that's on the old frame. This new frame is also not only better in the corners, but also lasts, it feels like it lasts longer than the older frame. So for those of you guys out there wondering about steel versus aluminum, how's steel going to stretch you know, versus aluminum, this steel frame will last you longer. So I do look forward to that. But you will have to break it in. Give yourself a little bit to break this sucker in. Don't just head right to the the roughest track you you know and expect it to feel glorious because it's going to feel a little bit stiff and rigid. Um, so moving on past that, what did I feel right away compared to my bike that I had here last week and I rode the crap out of? Well, just like we talked about the changes that they made in the engine those changes, although minute on paper, are fairly noticeable fairly quickly on the track. Less engine braking, a more free revving feel, 
less pitching, less movement in the bike on off throttle. I like that. It goes hand in hand with the suspension, okay, which we will get to. But as far as the engine delivery, it still has that smooth linear pull. And the Akrapovich doesn't really wake it up anymore. It, it That Akrapovich makes the bike lose a pound from what the KTM guys told me from the stock muffler. So you're losing a pound with this slip-on that, that comes with the factory edition. But from the stock one, I think you're losing a little bit of bottom-end power, but you're getting a broader pulling from mid to top. I do like that. The stock one, to me, felt a little bit short in second gear with this Akrapovic. I'm sorry, Akrapovic. It's tough to say at times. Akrapovic. It pulled better a little bit longer in second gear. You're just not going to get that ton of excitement down low. So just know that's going to happen um, versus your stock muffler. And let's say you have a 2019 and you're getting this. Will your stock muffler fit this factory edition? Yes, it will. So if you don't want that slip on, you can go back to a stock 2019 pipe and get some added bottom in. But I've grown to really like a linear bottom end power delivery. Yes, it might not be the most exciting feeling down low when the track is super deep, but when that track starts to break in, get ruddier, get choppier, get some acceleration bumps, you're going to appreciate that roll-on power. So, just like the 2019, it comes on linear, still has the same engine character. The main difference you guys are going to feel, if you're familiar with KTMs, is just a freer feeling. And even last year's 18.5 factory edition had a free revving feel, and this is even more so. So I like that there's less friction. I like that there is less pitching on D-cell, especially when you're in second gear revving it out and you lit off. It still doesn't just want to pitch to you to the front. It has a lightweight, two-stroke, free revving feel. I like that. Um, Map 1 and Map 2. Let's get to the ECU because that was the big thing in 2019. Although they claim, KTM, they claim that the ECU isn't any different from the 2019 to this 2019.5, it feels a lot different on the track. It doesn't have that rich feeling down low like the 2019 does, and it doesn't have that lean feeling up top like the 2019 does. This factory edition comes on, like I said, linear, but is so broad and pulls so far farther than the 19 that I can't imagine this ECU setting being the same as the 19. You know, just like fake science people, I understand what you're saying. They told me, KTM guys here in America, that they 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 were even told that this ECU setting is the same, but it's not. So if you're wondering, hey, Kiefer, has the ECU setting been fixed? Well, on paper, it says it hasn't, but on the track, it has. It's totally different. I can ride my 19 and this 19.5 back-to-back, and the engine is just, the ECU settings are just a lot better. Um, on my 19s, it feels a little bit fat, blubbery down low, just on stab of throttle, RPM response. And then up top, it has D-cell pop. This factory edition has none of that. It's clean. No D-cell pop all day. Like I said, over two hours. It was actually warm today in California. It was over 70 degrees. The track was super ruddy. East Coast, total East Coast track, 9 to 10 ruts everywhere, deep, almost 2.5 feet deep, going up faces of ruts, entering long, 
ruts coming out, long ruts. So no decel pop and just a, a pleasant surprise for me because I was thinking to myself, oh my God, the same ECU settings in this, you know, when we had this KTM meeting this morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how are they having this ECU setting, you know, and not even see that there's a problem and not change it for 2019.5? Well, whatever the reason, I don't know if the engineers in Austria are not getting to the guys here in America, but dude, it's it's much better. It's much improved. So I don't think getting your ECU remapped on this factory edition is as crucial as it was on the 2019 version. Vibration to me feels a little bit less than 19 as well. I do not know if it has something to do with those rocker arms and that that bushing that's in there, but um, it just feels like there's not as much vibration through the bars. And you guys know that I'm not a fan of that neck-end handlebar. It is stiff. That's probably one of the first things I will do is put a pro taper handlebar on it. Um, and I've been getting a lot of emails about that. But for sure, Evo pro taper handlebar will be going on there. And that'll decrease vibration even more. But 2019.5, a little less vibration. For those of you at Ride KTMs to get on your buddy's Japanese bike, you guys know what I'm talking about. The Japanese bikes do not vibrate as much as these steel frame bikes. If you ride a steel frame bike all the time, you don't really notice it after a while. You're just kind of like, yeah, this is what I got. I accept it. But then when you get on another bike, you're like, oh, man, my bike kind of vibrates a lot. Well, 19.5 is a little bit better, so that is good news. Um, Let's talk about the maps, map one and map two. I was a map one guy for most of the day. Um, Map two guy in the morning when there was no ruts, the track was clear, when the track got beat up choppy, tricky, um, lots of bumps in the corners, deep ruts. I was a map one guy. Why? Just a lot manageable and easier to ride. If you guys are looking for a throttle response and, and increased in that area, map two is your ticket. There is a difference between map one and map two, and that's why it makes me think that this ECU setting is so different because map one and map two on the 2019 bike, although I could feel it. It wasn't drastic. This feels like a noticeable difference between map one and map two. So I do not know what's going on, but I'm telling you guys, this ECU setting is better. You will get some added RPM response in map two, a linear, smoother, easier to ride pulling power in map one. I did not touch TC today. I didn't need it. That's the beauty about this engine in this kind of condition where it's real soft and ruddy. I can roll the throttle on, and it's not going to wheelie right out of a corner um, like a Yamaha does. I feel like I do like a Yamaha power, but also it's tough to manage at times as far as being connected to the rear wheel. This KTM, and if you guys are watching Supercross, look at Marvin and Cooper's bike. When they roll corners, that bike stays flat. That front wheel stays down. Watch them on braking. On when they're um, decelerating, uh, less pitching, not a lot of pitching. Same thing with this bike. I know we're dealing with stock suspension here, but there's just not a lot of movement um, back and forth on this KTM. It stays flat, and it makes it easier to ride because the engine is so manageable. So I do like that. Moving on to the chassis. You guys always talk about, hey, they're going to put that cross member in the front of the frame. No. Why aren't they doing that? Because, again... This factory edition, although they say it's factory edition, ready to race, blah, 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 
This is for your average guy that's going to go ride a local race. We don't need that cross member to stiffen it up for Cooper Webb like he does and, and Marvin. Those guys are pushing the limits, and they need some more stiffness. We don't. Like, I feel like I ride pretty fast, and I don't feel like I would want any more rigidity up near the front of that bike or even on acceleration. I feel like the bike stays flat enough, and if I was going to choose, I would actually choose the other way. I'd actually choose to loosen it up a little bit and flex a little bit more. So, no, that cross member is not on the factory edition, and from what I've gathered, I do not think it's on the 2020 bike either. A little birdie may or may not have told me, like, I do not feel like that is going to be on next year's bike. So, chassis, not much different from the 19, guys. Like, I think the suspension helped the chassis a little bit. But same thing, bike feels lightweight, corners excellent. Like, again, like, like I said, again, it does feel stiff. I'm going to break this sucker in a little bit more. And this thing just gets better with time on it. Uh, up around 15 to 16 hours, like my Rockstar Husky that I have, it just got better. It just feels more planted. It sticks better. So I expect the same thing out of this KTM. What I like about this chassis, even though it has a really mellow, linear, long pulling power, it still feels light. Usually when you get a power like a KTM, the bike feels heavy. But the thing is so damn light on paper, and you you can just move around on the track. It kind of just opens up the track for you. If you want to cut down off a blown-out berm or like, oh, shit, hey, I need to get over in this rut instead of that rut, it'll pop over real quick with less effort versus other bikes in this class. So that's one of the reasons why I've grown to appreciate this bike is just the lightweight feeling, but also not getting so twitchy that you're getting worried about it. Like a Honda. To me, the Honda... Doesn't feel as light as a KTM, but it also is really twitchy at fast at fast speed. When you're trying to push it, the Honda's not as friendly as this KTM. Yes, the KTM is a little bit twitchier than a Yamaha, but not as much as a Honda. So I've grown to appreciate that part of this bike as well. So what did I do to increase straight line stability today? Because the track was really rough. Had a lot of braking bumps, long ruts. I mean, you really had to look far and really far ahead. And I know some of you guys are probably laughing out there like, huh, Kiefer, that's what I ride all the time. Well, we don't get that shit out here that much, guys. So you East Coasters, I'm envious because, man, it really can make you a really good rider riding that kind of stuff. I was talking to Brock Tickle today. He's from Michigan, and he said, man, this stuff is just like what he grew up riding all the time. And I really wish I grew up riding some of this stuff. You know, I grew up riding in the desert, and I didn't get much of that. It's got a lot of bermy kind of stuff. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger 
and you don't have an outlet close like my house, I don't have that many outlets, they just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. Screenprintingdone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being, and he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, ScreenPrintingDone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and ScreenPrintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check the legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. 
probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out, bloodlubricants.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the keferinktesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex Piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons, in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com. These long ruts, man. So I had to drop the fork legs down in the clamp. Went from... The second line to the first line. I did this also with my cone valve stuff on my Husqvarna Rockstar Edition. So for those of you guys thinking, hey, I can sacrifice a little bit of cornering ability for some straight line stability, just do that. Try that. Instead of trying to mess with air pressure and other things, drop the WP exact fork down. And I think that makes it 2.5 millimeters versus 5 millimeters. So I dropped my fork down. No one else did that today, I don't think, in the media testing world. I think I was the only one. But um, it just helped make the bike feel a little bit more planted on those longer ruts. I didn't get as lot. I didn't get a lot of deflection or a little oversteer that I experienced at times when I was first started riding this thing. So I may go back up when this frame breaks in a little bit. But for right now, the first line to me works the best. Now, WP did go up in air pressure for this 2019.5. Standard air pressure is 10.9 bar. Compression is at 12 out, and rebound is at 18 out. Now, I left this standard setting in for most of the day. I tried 10.9 bar 
Actually, I should say we went 10.8 bar um, for early morning, and I ended up increasing the compression in two. That's basically all I got today. It was a little bit firm this morning on slap down landings, but once the track broke in and I dropped the fork leg down, it kind of helped that deflection on slap down landings. It kind of made the bike a little bit better balanced for me. And then I had to increase as the day went on and the track got rougher and got bigger bumps. I actually had to try to stiffen it up a little bit because I felt like it was getting a little bit too low for me um, on desail. Here's a little trick with these air forks, guys. Try to dial in your air pressure for your weight. Again, I'm 170 pounds without gear. I usually, for the tracks out here, do not stray away from the standard air pressure settings. Why? Because I know the test riders that do the R&D at KTM, and they're pretty damn close to my weight. Um, one is a little bit lighter. The other one's a little bit heavier. So I know 10.9 bars is probably good from 160 pounds to 180, 85 pound rider. That is okay. Now, if you're above that, just go slightly more. Maybe go 10.9 to maybe 11 bar. And then work on your clicker settings, okay? That is the best thing you can do because adjusting air pressure and going to from 10.9 to 11.1, dude, that's going to make your fork super stiff and harsh feeling unless you're in that weight range for that spring rate, air spring rate, okay? So just know 160, 185, stick with 10.9 on most tracks. And like I said, we Paula, sorry, Fox Raceway is fairly jumpy with big bumps on the landing. So that was okay for me today. I just had to go in two to three clicks on the compression. And then you can slow your rebound too, rebound down the front too and see if that works. Moving on to the back. They recommend now a 106 millimeter sag setting. I stuck with my usual 105. I felt like that was okay. And honestly, I didn't mess with the shock that much. This has kind of been the MO for this shock for me for a long time. I've never really had a huge issue with the WP production shock. I kind of like it. I kind of like it a little bit more than track stuff at times. The track stuff is good when you really push, but this production shock has a lot of comfort to it. I ran a sag setting 105. I played with the compression one to two clicks, but always went back to stock. Yes, it does bottom at times on sharp landings, but I'm okay with that. I do not mind bottoming out once or twice a lap. I need comfort in the braking bumps. I would say overall, this fork and shock setting is a little firmer to me than last year's setting. But also, I will know more about comfort in the hours to come. I still think this thing has some more comfort to give, but I'm really familiar with this kind of stuff and this WP stuff. It needs to be broken in longer than some KYB or Showa stuff. So just know when you guys get your bike, six to eight hours is the magic area to really get it broken in. You can set your sag, do your clickers, and get it in the baseline area. Just know it's going to be a little more comfortable and a little bit softer after eight hours. And I think then, after eight hours, you can really dive in and dissect more air pressure settings, sag settings, compression settings, and so on. 
If I had to do anything to shock for me, maybe I would stiffen the high-speed compression in eighth just to get that up the ramp of the, the, the faces of jumps just to kind of keep it from getting too low and maybe give you a little kick. But honestly, I thought about this the other day when I was driving the track. KTMs don't normally kick you like a Japanese bike does. I've been kicked, and what I mean by kick is hitting a jump and getting bucked like endo, endo life. It's really tough to make a KTM, and it maybe has something to do with the steel frame. Like I can hit kickers on faces of jumps pretty hard on an, in a neutral body position, and I don't get a lot of feedback forward. I don't get a lot of pitching. Maybe that's because there's lack of engine braking. Maybe it's because steel frame. I don't know. But on a Japanese bike, I get a lot of more front-end pitch when I hit a kicker on a jump. So um, I don't mind stiffening up my high-speed compression a little bit. An eighth of a turn goes a long way on high-speed life, guys. So just know this on your shock. Don't go a full turn. Holy shit, that's a lot. So an eighth of a turn to a quarter of a turn at a time on high-speed on the shock. Dunlop MX3S tires come on this sucker. Thank you. I am still not sold on an MX33 front tire, so I'm stoked to hear that MX3S Dunlops will be in rotation not only on the 2019.5 factory edition, but also the 2020 KTMs that will be out too. So past that, uh, MX3S fans, we might not be in luck after 2020. We might be going to 33. So uh, 33 rear is fine with me, 33 front, not fine with me. So I am working on some tire pressures and uh, some other things on the 33 front to try to get a happy setting, but haven't found it yet. So I'm stoked that the new factory edition still comes with MX3S tires. So, And also, I don't know if I, I said this earlier, but I also have it in my notes here. This new factory edition comes with a CP piston. And if I didn't mention that, I wanted to mention that because that's what they told us in this meeting. So uh, CP piston with that um, new Pankle um, um, brass bearing that's in the engine now. So uh, it's cool to see. Honestly, if you guys don't know, it's really awesome to see Pankle involved in dirt bikes. They do not do anything with any two-wheel as far as dirt bike-related stuff. They do a lot of Formula One stuff, but man, their stuff is high-end, and the more time I spend on a KTM and Husqvarna, the more I appreciate that rod. I've had some rod problems, you know, not only on Suzuki's, um, I've had some rod problems on 250 Yamahas, and never had a rod issue with a Pankle rod, and they're very expensive. It's not like you guys can go out there and just buy that rod. It's not available, so um, cool that KTM has that, and they're using it in their engine. So... That was basically my first impression today. I'm happy with the bike. I might be switching it up. I might throw an FMF exhaust on there just to kind of broaden a little bit bottom in, just to give you a little bit more snap and a little bit more pulling power, which AK means broader low end. That's what we use in the testing world. And I need some of that RPM response when it gets rough. It just makes the bike feel that much lighter. Not a huge issue with me right now, but... I'm going to try it, see what it does compared to the slip on a Kropovich. And like I said, I'm going to stick some Pro Taper bars on it. Most likely not lock on grips. I'll glue some grips on, just get me a little bit added comfort. And really try to put some time on it and get some increased 
settings once this uh, increase settings to you guys out there, keyforinktesting.com, and just to see what this thing's like. And we'll try to compare it even further to the 2019 edition. So for you guys thinking, hey, is it worth the money, that extra money for the 2019 versus 2019.5? That's your call. Um, There's only a couple things that are sticking out in my mind right now compared to the 2019, but cosmetically, to me, it's a way better looking bike. I'm not a black frame kind of guy. I love an orange frame. It should be on a, a KTM. KTM is Orange Brigade. So them going back and forth on the frame color, I do not get it. I love an all orange bike. This is what this is. Red Bull graphic, heh. I can take it or leave it. It's not a big deal to me. But it does look factory, racy, makes you feel cool. And honestly, I saw one driving in the track today, man. And you see it, and it catches your eye. And they're beautiful bikes. It's a beautiful-looking bike. I like that it has orange hubs, orange nipples, uh, black spokes. just looks sexy. It's a sexy-looking machine. The bar pad is ugly as all hell. But whatever, that's easy to fix. Throw that sucker in the trash. Put whatever you want on it, Pro Taper, Renthal, ODI, whatever you got. Anything's better than that funky bar pad that comes stock. So, uh, again, hydraulic clutch, clutch, um, Brembo brakes, all excellent. I do feel like uh, KTM can get a less on-off feel on their hydraulic clutch. Uh, clutch. I hope it was um, going to be a little bit more linear for the factory edition. It's not. It's the same. So if you're familiar with your older hydraulic Brembo clutch, no different on this factory edition. Shifts easy, second to third gear, first to second gear, no problems. Pankle transmission, of course. Um, Just a lot of high-quality parts. Again, I'm not jumping on the MXA bandwagon and just everyone all praise KTM. I appreciate what they're doing, and I appreciate that they're pushing the envelope and making other bikes better. For the consumer out there. I'm sure that's not what they're trying to do. But that's basically what they're doing. Them creating better motorcycles. Every half year. Is pushing Japanese manufacturers. To do the same. Which in return. Helps us. Out there that love to ride. And race great dirt bikes. That's what I'm about. I don't give a shit what color it is. If it's a good bike. I'm going to let you guys know about it. And I want to ride it. Because that makes me want to go ride a motorcycle. When it's very good. Um, Honda, for example, works the works edition. I also hear Suzuki's going to come out with something. So there's a lot of things that KTM is doing to push the envelope to help us consumers out there, aka you listeners, because uh, if you weren't dirt bike fanatics, you wouldn't be listening to this thing. So um, exciting times for all of us. MSRP, yeah, it's expensive. I mean, that's the downside, right? New bikes are expensive, but. I hear a lot of bullshit about it. They're not reliable. Well, it's pretty damn reliable bike. There's an exception to every rule I know. Well, my buddy, he had his shit blow up. His transmission blew up. His rod. I mean, come on. Take care of your bike. Put good oil in it. Change the filter, air filter, oil filter. It's going to treat you well. Quality oil. Blood lubricants is a great oil. I'm going to run that in this test bike. And uh, I think uh, that, yeah, the MSRP, which... It's kind of tough because KTM doesn't really have an MSRP for me to look at. I look at everything that I get from KTM from this intro, and there's no MSRP on that thing, probably because it's so damn expensive. So 
I mean, I bought a Rockstar Edition, so I know how much they are. You're going to be spending over $10,000, up to $11,000 on this thing, right? So, yeah, that's the downside. You're paying for a lot of these extra things that you normally don't see on other bikes. Um, Pankle, Brembo, hydraulic clutch, um, non-slip seat cover, slip-on muffler, you know, hubs, spokes, nipples. Um, just a lot of things that you normally don't get on a production bike. So, again, kudos to KTM. Stay tuned to keyforingtesting.com and get some more information. And if you want to read about this stuff, I'm writing a 10 things article up on pulpmx.com. I'm going to do that as soon as this podcast is done. I'm going to be done talking and I'm going to be typing. God bless Mrs. Kiefer because I want to be coming home. I'm going to be in the office and I probably won't talk for about two and a half hours. Typing this some bitch. So go to pulpmx.com and read stuff that you may or may not see on keferinktesting.com. We collab over here, Steve and Kiefer. That's what we do. Try to bring you transparency, some laughs, some fun, but also a lot of facts and knowledge that you may not get at other media outlets. So it's a fun time today. Thank you, Fox Raceway, for creating a track unlike any other track in California, okay? For those of you guys listening back east, if you guys are coming out to California, Fox Raceway does nothing for me. They, I pay my way in just like everyone else, but I appreciate a good prep track. They rip the shit out of it. It's deep. The jumps aren't that huge, but they're fun. They get challenging because the track gets rough and deep and ruddy. So we don't have a lot of that in California. East Coast conditions is very rare. The main track at Fox Raceway was very good for testing today. So if you guys are listening, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And of course, support the sponsors that support this show. Everyone that you listen to here on this show is a great company. If they weren't, they wouldn't be on this podcast uh, because I have nothing to sell to you guys besides my integrity and my honesty. So if they're on this sucker, that means I use them and I've used them quite a bit and I like the stuff. So Um, listen to the commercials, get some discount codes. And if you guys do not listen to commercials, I'll let you slide, but please try to listen to them. Email me, email me at chris at keyforingtesting.com. If you're looking for a discount code, chances are I may have it or an email that you can get a discount. So, uh, don't forget about that. We try to please you guys out there. I know you guys are working your balls off just like me over here and money is hard to come by. So, Dirt bikes aren't cheap. I get it. So hopefully we're guiding you in the right direction and you're having some fun while doing so. So thank you for joining me. Check back next week. We'll have even more stuff that's really... Oh, man. I can't... I'm not even going to let it out of the bag right now. It's going to be fun. So stay tuned next week. All right, guys? Thanks for joining me.